0: Welcome everybody to the Legendarium podcast, another weekend edition. I am Craig, your host, Ken. You're with me today too. I am. I'm sorry to report.
1: Yeah, I just stayed here for the entire last week since the last weekend episode. <laughs> that couch
0: is starting to get kind of stained. Well, and, you know, Disney Plus came out. So. Oh, boy.
1: Well, we're not going to talk
0: about that today. Ken, we need to behave ourselves because we have company in the studio. There's today. a lady present. How
2: dare you? I am not a lady. Oh, sorry.
0: But, you know, come Chrissy? on. Chrissy, Chrissy, welcome. Chrissy,
2: thanks. Hi.
0: Chrissy, nice to be here. You are from the, uh, the I Am Salt Lake podcast, is yes. how a lot of people would know you. I'm sure, yep. you, I'm sure you do other or, stuff with your life. Or as I'm
2: also known, Chris's wife.
0: Well, that's not how you're known around here. <laughs> we like to think of There's, him as
1: Chrissy's husband. So
0: Yeah, I like that. So I went on the I Am Salt Lake podcast like three years ago, probably. It was a long time ago. And we were kind of talking about my history as a podcaster and my current projects at that time and all that stuff. Uh, but during the course of that conversation, it became clear that Chris and I had very little in common outside of our love of podcasting. But Chrissy and I, uh, <laughs> we were destined to be BFFs uh, because of your love of basically just nerdy stuff. Yes. Right.
2: Oh my gosh, yes. And I'm like, I need someone to talk to nerd stuff about.
0: <laughs> so uh, anyway, so I've been kind of, uh, you, you've been in the back of my mind for years now. And now uh, I saw my opportunity to bring you on the show and I it's awesome. seized it.
2: I was like, yeah, I'll do it, and then I'm like, oh, I just agreed to do a show. Like, I, I don't usually do that. Oh, really? Well, I get so distracted with other stuff, you know. Yeah. I don't usually go on other shows as often as I should. Oh man. So I'm glad you asked, and I'm glad I said yes.
0: I'm so honored,
1: and wow. hopefully the floodgates are now open.
0: Well, <laughs> anyway, so if uh, if you'd like to hear more from Chrissy, go check out the I Am Salt Lake podcast. Uh, if you're obviously if you're from Utah, it's going to be intensely interesting to you. And if you're not, and you want to learn more about where this. Bizarre show comes from then, uh, you, yeah. You go check it out. Check it out. I'm go guessing look for
2: what n- what number were you? Go look for Craig's
0: episode. Oh gosh, I was like mm. two fifty or yeah, something a, like that. It was a while ago. How many are you at now?
2: Um, over four hundred. Wow. I think we're like four oh eight.
0: And that's a weekly show, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. So, we
1: may get there someday. Yeah.
0: Well, now that we're doing
1: two a week. Yeah.
0: So. Um. Anyway. Okay. So today's topic. I think we've cleared our throats enough. Today's topic is why. Well, I guess it pertains to the I Am Salt Lake podcast. Why is it that the Salt Lake City area and Utah generally seems to be such a magnet for uh, for fantasy fans, fantasy and sci-fi fans, readers, watchers, and authors and it's, creators? It's an incubator. It seems to be a thing. It
2: kind of is. huh? And, you know, when you told me that that's what we were going to talk about, I was like, I really don't know. I mean, I know that we have a very strong presence in geek culture mm-hmm. as a city and like for some reason it's a hub and
0: i can't figure out why well so let's, let's talk a little bit about it's establish the facts here or at least something approximating the facts because i don't have the numbers here in front of me but i i'm thinking back to there was a, a study that was done i want to say it was 2016 17 somewhere around there and it was somebody trying to find the nerdiest state in the union and so they analyzed google search results or google search volume For different terms no way and so yeah they were looking at harry potter and star trek and you know on down the list yeah uh, kind of the stuff you would think of game of thrones and all that and it was like um you know you had the the things down in the 50s most of them were in the southeast so like alabama apparently nobody cares about any of this stuff or whatever and you get all the way up through number two and things are getting pretty nerdy uh and, and it's But they're all kind of clumped together, two, three, four, five. These states were all pretty close. And then it wasn't even kind of close. Utah was so far ahead in in terms of search volume per capita for these nerdy search terms. That's so
2: interesting. Yeah.
0: And so it was declared far and away the nerdiest state in the union. I think the only only, uh, thing that it didn't win was Game of Thrones. Oh, um,
2: which I guess makes sense. Which makes some yeah. sense. Yeah, that's that's a that's a little edgy. <laughs> you know, a, it's a
0: little not not quite Utah's flavor.
1: <laughs> it it wasn't just any old random publication, by the way. It was Time Magazine. Oh, okay, great. Oh, you dang. found it already. Yeah, awesome. So Utah's the nerdiest state in America. So there you go. I uh, can dig it. Based on Facebook uh, interests, apparently.
0: Oh, okay. Is that what it was? Yeah. So uh, I wonder if we're thinking of separate things. I'm sure we, there's we been might more be. Than one I'm sure done. there
1: has been more than one, but this was this was listed. Uh, Calculated by the percentage of people who listed certain different, likes on different the, on interests Facebook. on Facebook, you know, cosplay and and fantasy and certain fantasy shows and stuff. But
0: there you go. Anyway, Ooh. so so there's that. Uh, there's also so we have Salt Lake Comic Con here, and there are comic cons all over the country, and many of them are small, many of them are medium, many are large. We have one of the large ones, um, which doesn't make any sense. Right, San Diego yeah. makes sense because it's the first, it's the biggest, it's the mm-hmm. most popular, right, and it's just down the road from L.A. and so you know you get all the Hollywood types going to San Diego Comic Con. Right, uh, New York makes sense because uh, it's big. Yeah, it is big. Chicago, yeah, to a certain extent, Emerald City Comic Con up in Seattle. That yeah. makes I think it's called Comic Con. Emerald City, whatever. Emerald Con. It makes sense. I don't know. that it. That, you know, these are bigger markets. Salt Lake City. What, what's the it's the kind of general
1: small... metro area
0: area is like <gasps> less than a million people. <laughs>
2: Thinks, i'm just gonna say yes i'm gonna agree with you because i have no
1: idea yeah. <laughs> i think the overall metro is now over a million but still it's
0: yeah yeah it's it spread out across three giant counties we've got like mm-hmm. two million people maybe anyway it's not the kind of market that should support a con that brings in 110,000 people yeah every six months
2: yeah it's crazy and it does and yet i don't know it's <laughs> like it's so interesting and i'm not going to complain about it because i love it
0: no, no it's great
2: but i i you know i wonder i've i've kind of been wondering if you know how uh because Utah is a little bit polarized right there's a very right. extreme different groups of people
0: which we'll get to yeah, oh,
2: yeah yeah and and i i wonder if somehow that polarization created the geek right. community right, right, right. out here
0: so yeah and i, I do want to i want to get to that okay in okay. a few minutes I'm anyway ahead. so um oh ken's
1: <coughs> sorry i don't know what that was that's about. why you
2: don't smoke pot when you're recording Gosh, I was holding <laughs> just kidding on that's on. why you vape have that. it ken vape <laughs> it.
1: aerosol We're, that's form. not happening everybody it's not happening aerosol <laughs>
0: uh okay Sorry about that so ken i'm gonna pull up some stats or not some stats some names here okay uh do you name some authors that you know of who hail from utah fantasy and sci-fi authors
1: well uh, starting with a little guy you might have heard of named brandon sanderson I okay, sounds familiar also uh his mentor david farland uh also known as also known as dave wolverton okay sure yeah. got that one uh brandon Mull. yep um yeah. stephanie meyer who may have created a little well she went to school thing. in utah but i think she's from she's arizona not from now yeah she's yeah. not from here now but she went to school at at, uh, at BYU. byu um jessica day george shannon hale
0: Shannon Hale. I got Shannon Hale.
1: Um, okay. I'll read you some more. Okay.
0: Um, Orson Scott card originally or, from Orson New, Scott Utah. Card, yeah. I think he's down in the Southeast now, but uh, Larry Correa, Paul Janess, Tracy Hickman, Brandon Sanderson, Lynette White, uh, James, James Dashner, Shannon Hale, Brandon Moll, uh, Douglas Thayer, Dan Willis, Orson Scott card, Dave Wolverton, Brian Young. Anyway, you uh, Probably people won't have heard of all of them. Brad but these Torgerson, are all, David Butler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Brad Torgerson is a good one. Anyway, there's a ton of these authors. And again, it would make sense if we were in a place like Southern California. Well, you, you've got 20 million people there. You're going to exactly. have a lot of published yeah. authors. But per capita, this is ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and that that's just the list of kind of like the best selling ones. There's a ton of uh, less established YA authors or fantasy authors, we've had a few on the show ourselves. Sure. Uh, what was the name? James Jakins? James Jenkins. Yeah, he came on the show. Anyway, so, so okay. Now that we've kind of laid out the landscape a little bit, now let's talk about why this might be the case. Uh, this is going to be kind of a, a Utah-centric discussion. So if uh, if so discussions, else just if if you sit down and listen, anyway. exactly. Well, no, but I was just going to say if if uh, acknowledgement of religion upsets you, leave now. Because we're going to have to talk about that.
1: Can I can I give you one reason that um, was was pointed out in this Time article? Okay. That that might, you know, reach farther than Utah. Um, rural or less populated areas tend to inspire nerdier people.
0: Yeah. Hmm. How does that work out for the people in Alabama? Uh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> That's a good question. But uh, it makes sense to me that less populated, more rural states would inspire nerdier. Uh, actually that doesn't make any sense to me sense at all. It makes sense to me because Why? because you have less things to do. Yeah, yeah, I you can have, see that. You have less cultural things, you have less but my argument would be
0: my argument would be you actually have more things to do. Well, you, you have more stuff that you have to get like done. Farming? You, yeah, yeah, like farming, for example. Yeah. You, you yeah. might
1: have more more things, more obligations, more chores. But, you know, while you're whatever, milking the cow, your brain's got to go somewhere. Your brain is working, <laughs> you, know? exactly. you are Exactly. You are thinking, you're imagining. I
0: love how we just took everybody off of the <laughs> like, between the coasts. And, like, yeah, they all wake up at four in the morning and milk cows. <laughs> That's right.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, you know. But, you know, you and your 17 <laughs> brothers and sisters are told by mom, go outside and play. And so you go outside and you find a stick. And this is our playing stick. All right. I just I just got completely stereotypical of, of rural life, but you know, it's I mean, not it's a not one hundred percent stereotype. It, it's not one hundred percent without merit because that's what my brother and I used to do, and we were in a suburban area. We, but mm-hmm. still, it was go outside, get out of our hair, and we would make things up. I we wonder would if climb that's, trees. And, that's
0: probably the the type of thing you're thinking of. Seems to me more of a generational thing than a geographical thing. Possibly. Uh,
2: Definitely generational. Because our kids do not do that. Yeah, yeah.
1: we didn't have those things you know, like the internet. Mm-hmm. and such
0: so chrissy do you do you care to hazard your own kind of theory here about you know what it is?
2: i don't okay i don't mean to be offensive to anyone who is
0: i'm so excited a, a
2: religious believing person <laughs> sure however i do think that uh there there's such a strong amount of uh creativity in religion mm-hmm. right you know, if you if you believe these stories, your mind can really start to stretch. To, yeah. yeah, and so yeah. part of me thinks, you know, if you can believe that, you know, a guy was born and he was like the son of God and mm-hmm. he did all this stuff and turned water into wine, and you know, I mean, your brain's already like totally prepped, right? Sure, to uh, imagine things and and I don't know. I, part of me thinks that there's just something to that where sure. you know you're more open to. Thinking about stuff like that.
0: No, I think I see where you're coming from, and I see why you're nervous. You're you're kind of like like, "Uh, uh." squirming in your seat a little bit. I I don't think it's a thing that we need to be nervous about, uh, because it doesn't to say that uh, to say that being an intensely religious person primes your creative pump doesn't necessarily it does not necessarily follow that therefore oh this is all a bunch of malarkey and religious people are idiots and how dare you believe these stupid fantastical things true i don't think that those
2: it's yeah it's not like exactly but i mean if you look at it like uh fantasy and the whole genre all of it really did stem from religion originally i mean mythology Mm -hmm. is really where it's like the crux of all of it right and uh and and so since we have a such a densely um populated religious area and now it may not make sense because, like you said, Alabama isn't in the Bible Belt. Sure, so you think yeah. maybe they'd be a little more creative.
0: Well, I, guess, I so what? so I think there's there's something a little bit different, and and here we're going to get into some Mormonism specific stuff. Okay, this is going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> I hope we're all looking forward to it. But but you think about okay, so you, uh, you're in the Bible Belt, you grow up, um, you know, in a Protestant religion of some kind, and you know the Bible back and forward, and that's that's great. But what are you looking at when you flip through the pages? When you hear about where these things happen, well, it's in the Holy Land, right? It's Palestine, right? And you got all these place names, and you can look it up, and you go, "Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, so Bethlehem is still a place, and you yeah. can still go there. Oh, oh wow, that's that's amazing!" Now, mm. pick up a copy of the Book of Mormon and read through the Book of Mormon. Um, now, if you talk to Mormons, they'll say, you know, this is a story of uh, that same time frame, but in the Americas and all you know, these places absolutely existed. And my point is not to litigate the veracity of that sort of thing. Right. But um, when you talk about, okay, so you had uh, Ammonihon. He went to the city of Zarahemla and there was a giant battle with the army from the, you know, I can't even think of all the names off the top of my head, but you get these crazy names from these crazy places that That's you can't really battles. go visit anymore. That, mm-hmm. you know, as far as uh, compared to what we see in the Bible, it might as well be fictional because you can't go and, and see them in the same way, right? And yeah. They don't and have yes. an ongoing Their names history. names are like John,
2: Luke, Paul. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> right. And so I think there's something to Mormonism especially that mm. primes that creative pump at, where you're sitting in Sunday school and instead of looking at pictures of the Holy Land, what well, you know, they do that too. But you're looking at these kind of like these weird maps of an ancient America that, you know, may or may not have existed with all these uh, cities and th- with these bizarre names that you have to memorize. It's, yeah. It is just like reading a fantasy like, novel. Like a wooden
2: yeah. submarine that came right. from uh, Jerusalem with like glowing
0: rocks, yes. you know, yes. Yes. light.
2: and It is. It's like, yeah,
0: very creative. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that there's that's one that's one thing probably to consider and maybe i don't know if it's the most important thing but it's certainly a very visible and obvious thing to consider when we talk about you know that that creativity being so well incubated yeah i like in that Utah. incubated that's good. i word. think that was ken's word right yeah nice nice wording thank you i'll take yeah. it anyway but uh do we want to get more into that stuff can you You look like you got something else Well, i was to going say. to say
1: there was there's a more secular reason also i think sure and that's that's that um utah is a is a hotbed for technology for 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 it's kind of a mini silicon valley and locals are are kind of not drummed in not like religiously but are encouraged to get into technical fields to go into sciences to um, and, and Mormonism, it's, it's kind of a paradox when, with religion and science, but... but Not, if, not if you ask a Mormon. Uh, but not if you ask a Mormon, exactly. A lot of uh, Latter-day Saints, or, or however you want to say it, anyway, uh, are are encouraged to you know look at science and believe science and encouraged to, to go into it. Ken is about to argue that science is nothing but fantasy. I am not. <laughs> i, I would game. Be, I would be more inclined to argue that science and religion work together much better than scientists or religionists yeah, yeah. would like to argue.
2: No, nope, I agree with that.
1: But uh, my point is that that the culture is is not just taught to believe these fantastical stories from religion but they're also encouraged to uh, look to the stars and to go into technology mm. and education. Well and, and
0: there's stuff. the there's the uh, it, it's a, one of those it's a cliche because it's true kind of things mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, the stem fields attract a certain type of person or you might argue kind of mold a kind of person.
2: Oh yeah. Right.
0: And so you're the nerd in the computer science class who loves d d Yeah, and you're oh, doing yeah. it
2: because you want to to push your brain past its its natural limits, yeah. you know? You want to come up What was so, This is it's totally random, but what we what you were saying reminded me of Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality. What? <laughs> that was called? Have you heard of this? I have not. Heard I want to see so, this. So, um it is a fan fiction. But it's like longer than the original Harry Potter books. Oh, it's written by some kind of science professor, philosophical dude. I should know who he is. But anyway, it's uh, they, they have a really quite terrible podcast. And I, it, <laughs> just the, the quality of it's not great. But that's how I, I listened to the book through the podcast. And it's all about Harry Potter kind of in an alternate universe where he's raised by uh, very scientific parents who love him. And so when he goes to Hogwarts, he's trying to break down magic, and and put it and understand and it, understand scientifically. it scientifically. And so it's just really fascinating how it works so well together. What in did you that call scenario. the limits
1: of rationality? Uh, the the methods. methods of rationality. Methods of rationality. It's there's so a, good. There's a website.
2: Yep, it's fantastic. <laughs> so Everybody it's basically it. what if
1: Harry Potter and Hermione Granger swapped places?
2: Basically, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You just really oversimplified it.
1: Oh, sorry. <laughs> Way to go, Ken. Yeah, Darn I heard it
2: burst my bubble. But yeah, I'll go away. Much, it's exactly right. Yeah.
1: Uh, I want to read that now. How did That's we get on, on, the on this subject? subject? Oh,
2: uh, science and religion work <laughs> well right. together. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll the, rewind.
0: Harry Potter being a religion unto itself, let's oh, be honest. Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Have
0: you seen, oh, uh, sorry. Uh, go for it. Legendary Tangent coming in hot. Uh, Trademark. The, Harry Potter. Uh, what is it? Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. It's another I've, podcast. It was. I've heard of it. It was really big a couple of years ago, maybe three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sure I know it's I've still heard of going, it, but I haven't listened. But basically, it's these two uh, people. I don't know if they're still religious, but they grew up in Sunday school classes and they read Harry Potter as though it were a sacred text. Uh,
2: do they do it with like the the. You know how when you're like reading scriptures as a family, you have like a certain. Intonation. Intonation? And, I don't. Know. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man, I should go listen to
0: it. <laughs> but that's like the
1: lens through which they read Harry Potter. Anyway, that's amazing. That that's interesting.
2: I would totally. That would be scripture study in my house. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go.
1: Okay. So so you mentioned D and D, and it made me think of one other th- reason that I think um, makes Utah such a haven for fantasy and stuff. We're a very friendly people. Okay. And what I mean by that. Uh, is Utah you walk down the street and people say hi people are actually concerned about their neighbors people look out for each other and I think just that, like Ron and Hermione just like Ron and Hermione <laughs> but uh, and and it makes us prone to play d d because it's a social gathering my, uh, my well I'm not saying this leads to that but they So what are you saying uh, I, I'm saying that we're a social people I, I don't want to say, but that where would that would lead me down the other silly,
0: down the other road because so often nerdery nerddom has yes. been kind of characterized by an isolated yes. attitude.
2: You definitely like at least I did. I don't know about you guys growing up. You lived kind of in a silo. Oh yeah. Where, where you, did you grow up? Uh oh, Wisconsin. Okay. So, but but you like I loved mythology and I would during recess go read books in the library. Yeah. And so. Like nobody wanted to talk to me.
0: <laughs> I was going to say all the boys must have loved you.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody thought I was gay. It's fine. <laughs> it's a thing. Uh, boy, still- aren't they surprised.
1: <laughs> so, Greek mythology was my thing. But my, my point on on being a social people is it also makes us prone to be empathetic or uh, sympathetic, either one, to, uh, to others. And so it's easy to write, I think, stories based on how you feel about somebody else plus we're we're very diverse so i mean we we're not unaccustomed to seeing diverse cultures different cultures different people speaking different languages here and you combine that with being being drawn to the to the plight or the the um needs of somebody else it's it would lead you to write a story so
0: what you're saying is we're all a bunch of mrs jellyby's from Bleak House.
1: I don't know what that is. Uh, Ms, he, Ms,
0: reference. Uh, it's uh, Charles Dickens. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Bleak House. Mrs. Jellyby is this character who can't seem to bring herself to care about the people right in front of her, but she can't stop talking about the plight of this whatever tribe in, you know, remote Africa and... And that's all she cares about is stuff that's really far away. That sounds more like
1: modern political culture to me. But anyway.
0: (laughs) Um, Anyway, so Uh, I I don't know. know I'm not sure if I I buy exactly what you're saying. But I think there's something to the idea that Utah and the Salt Lake City area uh, was so isolated for so long. You know, now it's different. We live in a very mobile, uh, Mm -hmm. global world. Uh, where people we're can, all connected. I mean, you're from Wisconsin. I grew up in Seattle, and you know, so. But for so long, for 150 years, it was, it was a, a very isolated place. Yes,
1: yeah. it was Mormons and Native Americans. That's that's all that was here for hundreds of miles.
0: Right. So anyway, and so there might be something. I don't know exactly what to make of that vis-a-vis this subject.
1: But... I don't know if it, I don't know if it, it's... we're
2: just throwing a lot of spaghetti at the wall. No, well, totally. Well, totally.
1: I, I don't know if it's a it's if it's a theory that applies to 150 years ago when we were isolated, but now I think it's part of the reason that people are so are so. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Prone, sure. Why not to write about somebody else, write stories for other people about other people, and and really, I mean, kind of the nature of. Writing a story, anyway, is telling somebody else's story, right? Unless you put yourself in as the protagonist, which is interesting. You
2: are kind of generating empathy. I never really thought of stories that way. Yeah, but you said uh, I'm going to butcher their names: uh, George Orwell and Orson Scott Card. Oh, uh, are those even?
0: George Orwell was an old socialist from Britain. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Okay,
2: see, I'm way wrong. I'm like you said, two names that were like old dudes:
0: uh, Orson Scott Card Card and uh, and uh, Dave Wolverton. uh, No. Um, Anyway, uh,
2: I don't know. It was another dude. And this is how smart I am. (laughs) But, you know, like what what was it that encouraged them to do it? I see a lot uh, in modern society that gets us creative. Right. Mm -hmm. And I see the the geek culture now. But like, where did it you know what? Like sparked their creativity.
0: I'm curious. Well, there's there's a lot of literature out there that I am not familiar with, so I'm not going to pretend to understand what I'm talking about but there's a lot of exploration about generational differences and the idea that uh, society kind of cannibalizes itself naturally when it when it becomes prosperous but it became prosperous because of a certain uh, generational ethic um, and then that's not it's not uh, coherently passed down to the next generation and so they become fixated on different things and end up hating what their parents, loved and it's a it's a that whole thing. That is fascinating. Um I as, like I said obviously I don't know what in the hell I'm talking about but <laughs> me I neither. but I remember great. seeing it so uh, until <laughs> yeah. it comes all back around is that? Well, yeah, you hope you come back around to the prosperous <laughs> side. So, um let me bring up something Brandon Sanderson actually said. Somebody brought this topic up. They specifically asked about why there's so many uh, Mormon authors uh in science fiction and fantasy. And he did have something to say, Uh, he wrote a big long couple paragraphs about it, but he says a lot of us went to school together and supported each other and or taught each other. It's kind of the same reason that Tolkien and C.S. Lewis were both successful and influences on the genre. Having a support structure is very helpful. So there's something there, at least on the author side of things where you have this crop of uh, people from BYU especially. Uh, but all through Utah, and sure. we had uh, we had Dave Farland on the podcast a few months ago. He's considered a mentor to many of these people. Oh yeah, who um, you know who kind of came up through either through his class or uh, just kind of got to know him, and he helped critique their work and he's, all of he's that. He's got
1: a, quite a stable of New York Times bestsellers under him.
0: So there's yeah. so there is that 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 kind of explains that. But then he goes on to say, "I have my own little pet theory, which is completely unsubstantiated." I think maybe science fiction fantasy was a safe counterculture in the 80s and early 90s for kids who wanted to rebel against their parents but were still, at heart, good little Mormon kids like me who didn't want to go too crazy. So we played D&D and drank Mountain Dew and felt <laughs> rebellious because our Mormon pioneer work ethic parents were all businessmen and accountants who had no idea what to make of their kids sitting around pretending to be wizards. Oh, I... Dude. and So so you take the idea of nerd nerddom as counterculture yeah not not just as like i don't know what else to do because nobody will play with me but as uh my my parents i love kind of needling my parents but i'm not going to go do cocaine
2: yeah that's Uh, kind of exactly what what i was thinking too like it's somehow become a way of rebelling mm -hmm. against the the system yeah you know
1: that is a fantastic point because i was right there with him i mean my you know, parents that actually had jobs, and you know, here I am sitting around with my buddies, <laughs> playing role-playing games and drinking Mountain Dew, and yeah, you know, yeah, yep, there absolutely. You go. Uh, and for, and it was not something that was looked on quite as favorably back then as it is now. So. The
0: uh, the Mountain Dew joke probably needs a little explanation, but it's going to make a good segue <laughs> uh, because in Mormonism you have what's called the Word of Wisdom, and it's this uh, it's this health code that uh that mormons believe was was given to them by god and basically one of the things in it says don't drink coffee don't drink tea and a lot of mormons extrapolate from that and say okay so caffeine is bad and so they won't let their kids drink coca-cola or mountain dew or whatever oh i had to hide
2: my dr pepper there you go like yeah yeah
0: and so what so that's a it's a rebellious thing for some people to you know, they, they finally get their first sip of Mountain Dew. <laughs> and the <laughs> caffeine drives them wild. Anyway. So But true. that, so I asked my wife this question. Why such nerdishness in Utah? I love that. I, I keep changing up that word, by the way. I don't know what to settle on. Uh, why is Utah so nerdy? And she says, well, you know, in a way, it, this is escapism, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah. Fantasy, Absolutely. science fiction, Whether it, it, whatever form it comes in, whether it's books, movies, video games, whatever the case may be dnd this is about escapism at some fundamental level you can argue about what percentage of it etc cetera, etc cetera. but think about um what mormons uh deal with they have a lot of the same issues a lot of the same stresses and uh, that everybody else does mm-hmm. but they don't have the outlet of drugs and alcohol yes. that a lot of other communities do that's but that's, that's not to say escapism. it's not, and you can see. And when I say they don't have it, I I need to be very clear here. We actually have an opioid problem, yes. like many parts of the country here mm-hmm. in Utah, because uh, it finds its outlet elsewhere. You know, these Mormon moms don't have access to alcohol, and so they grab their their uh, doctor prescribed exactly. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but so for a lot of people, it may be that this is a way to achieve the same kind of escapism, the same kind of stress release that you would normally get through drugs and alcohol, uh, but now in uh, a literary form. Dude, your wife's yeah. a genius. <laughs> that is so brilliant. She is, she like, is
1: very smart. Holy
0: cow.
2: So, yeah, I never would have thought that.
1: I wonder about she that. She
2: hit the nail on the head, in my
0: opinion. So, I and like I said, kind of at the beginning of all this, I, I, I hate monocausality, this idea that, oh, okay, so here's the thing that here's, explains. Yes. Right, yeah. But here, you know, maybe we have a few reasons why this would be the case we got a yeah Yeah. we got a list
2: i don't know It's starting to come together i think we've made a lot of valid points that (laughs) you know just all the little building blocks that somehow created our generation of nerds right
1: exactly i'll I'll give you one more okay just uh, you know before we before we wrap up have you guys like gone outside and seen the state
0: Oh, thank you for bringing this up. This was my uh, last point too. Do you mean oh, nice. like outdoors? Yeah, yeah Like yeah. The, the actual oh, geography. I don't really oh, yeah.
2: do the outdoors, but I really enjoy them from the view of my couch.
0: But okay. I think this is okay. I think that's still valid. But can go on with your point, and I'll I'll add if I need to.
1: The state is really really pretty, and it has a very diverse landscape, and it is. If you get to certain areas of the state, like uh, the the national parks down south or or to the east, uh, or the southeast, it looks very alien sometimes. And uh, case in point, oh, a lot of Utah uh, of Utah, yes, yeah. of of the state. Um, and case in point, there are a lot of productions that shoot, uh, a lot of movie productions that shoot in the southeast section of Utah, primarily because it looks alien. Uh, I think. Was the Martian shot here? Part of it which, I,
0: I don't know. I don't know,
1: but but yeah, I mean it's it, it's an area that inspires a lot of fantastical type stories. No, just, I just from going outside.
0: I totally yeah. agree, and it's I don't think you even have to go that far. Um, there, this was gosh, a couple decades ago. Now we were hosting a Russian family for the or not a family. It was a Russian boys choir. Uh, for the Olympics, they were coming for the Olympics wow. in two thousand two, and so we hosted like four of these. It was like, the director and his two star pupils and assistant wow. or something like that. So they were staying in our home, and one of them spoke English, and he would explain to us why they had this this wide eyed look on their face, <laughs> and it was because they were some from some part of Russia where they did not have mountains. It was it was oh, very flat yeah. plain. Yeah, and uh, and he said they're all we're all terrified that those mountains are going to fall on top of us oh
2: that's so sad <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> wow.
0: and uh you know you get similar things but so, you know somebody from england or somebody from iowa yeah who, you know where there there are I, I can't quite stress to people who haven't been here what it's like to look out your door and see five thousand feet worth of mountain less yeah. than a mile away from your it's house it's super oh, yeah. crazy oh, yeah. and it's and it goes down the entire uh, length of what's called the Wasatch Front, where the bulk of Utah's population lives. And so and and you've it's got 50
1: that. Mi- 50 years overdue for a massive earthquake. But let's <laughs> so not dwell on that. You've got you've got these mountains.
0: You've got the Great Salt Lake to one side. You've got the salt flats. You've got the geography that you're talking about, Ken, down mm-hmm. in the yeah, southeast. Yeah, like Goblin
2: Valley. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. You know, the Red Rocks. It, yep. is,
1: it's it true. is a very diverse typography. And so, yeah, I, I just topography. don't
0: think, I don't think you even have to be an outdoors person to oh, for kind sure. of, after a while you start to soak in the the majesty of what's all around you and that mm-hmm. can in a certain person develop a creative idea right absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah that that makes sense and like it, it's interesting because it is very diverse like you said but for some reason every type of landscape that we have here is so gorgeous it looks fake yeah, like whenever I look at the mountains, I'm like, that looks like a painting. I'm, and you I'm start gonna, to just imagine
0: things, you know. I'm gonna push back w- at least a little bit. All right. The I-15 corridor north of Salt Lake City, north uh. of Ogden. Well, okay, is
2: that's fair.
0: Filthy, gross. Especially, it is.
1: especially in the winter, it's just it's, nothing but sagebrush. Well. <laughs> it, the... The area is designed in kind of a bowl. We've got mountains to the east and mountains to the west of us. And in the winter, when the surface temperature gets colder than the air temperature, it develops this thick. Gray, nasty yeah, it's an inversion. haze. We're not it's the called only, an inversion. Yeah, I mean, we're not the only place that gets it. Yeah, so. but I bet a lot of the listeners don't understand yeah. what it is. But it's, yeah, it's, it's nasty. It's rough. Our makes kids it so can't you can't breathe, the it's recess. ugly. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
0: There's a. Uh, do you guys know the smokestack? And sorry, this is pretty inside baseball. Sorry for everybody else. The Kennecott but, smokestack. Uh, the Kennecott smokestack is out west of the airport, so it's far away from the city. It's mm-hmm. way out in the distance, and for a long time, it held the record as the tallest freestanding structure in the world. Um. And so, really yeah yeah so wow. it's it's uh i don't know it looks like it's what 500 feet tall it, maybe it, yeah, so. something like that but it's way out in the distance and it's solitary so it's not attached to anything else um and so you just get this kind of spike sticking up at the foot of this mountain spur and boy howdy does it look like isengard or something so, like yeah, that exactly and oh, so you get yeah. get yeah, these like, like you giant, know well,
1: isolated tower. Yeah. Absolutely. Or somebody
0: look up the Kennecott copper mine and just know that that's in our backyard. And, you know, you get these little things all around you that look so cool and inspire such imagination.
2: That's so true. Oh, I got to go outside more. <laughs> it's nice out there.
0: Yeah. No, podcasting first,
1: outside later. Computers
2: right. and podcasting. I don't understand other things. Yeah.
1: You can podcast from outside now.
0: <laughs> Technology. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess I'm interested to hear other people's takes on this. And I hope that they will hop into Discord, Reddit, wherever. And uh, and I'm curious to hear, I'm sure there'll be a little bit of pushback on some of this. Oh, yeah. um, I, I wonder, because most of our listeners are not from Utah. We have a healthy amount here, but uh, most of our listeners are from outside the state. And so they're going to be like, "Well, I'm not from Utah. I love fantasy." Yeah. Um but but <laughs> you guys are okay too. You're special. <laughs> but I'm sure some part of this rings true for a lot of people. I wouldn't yeah. mind so.
1: hearing from from listeners about what makes their area inspiring for science fiction yeah. and fantasy. I mean, you know, yeah. it's, it's not it's clearly not just I mean, we're talking about us because we're here, but
2: Oh, but like I mean, Wisconsin, Wisconsin where I'm from, like lakes as far as oh, just yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no mountains, but the lakes are just crazy gorgeous, you yeah. know, and the and the uh, woods and, you know, so there's...
0: Question for you, what lives under those lakes?
2: I don't know, but I really want to find out. Yeah. I, oh my gosh. It's, but that's like, you can come uh, up
0: with all sorts of crazy stories. It's tr- whatever true. Whatever your, your geography It's true. Is. Yeah.
2: Oh my gosh. I used to, we used to go swimming in the lakes as kids and I always was convinced that some gigantic sea turtle was going to yep. come snap my leg off and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's just a matter of time before something in here kills me.
1: I wonder <laughs> swimming along
0: and suddenly your brother's underwater here yeah. i am i'm yeah. trying to I'm trying to wrap this up, and now I just want to like pull on this thread where I wonder if different types of geography inspire different types of storytelling uh where you, you know you think about cornfields right right and mm-hmm. that's just a horror movie waiting to happen
2: yeah <laughs> you know, right
0: yeah, where you, you you don't know what's out there you that's can't true. see more than ten feet in front of you you know mm-hmm. or uh and like, the creature from the black lagoon would yeah, 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 be yeah. like someone
2: on a coast somewhere or something
0: yeah. absolutely and it versus uh, yeah Utah we have these epic mountains and we have these epic national parks and the epic lake next to us and so we get some pretty epic fantasy we're pretty awesome oh, you, yeah. you know
2: we're pretty much better than every other state <laughs> And and with that, <laughs> that's not true. I don't mean that.
0: Well, but hey, we're cool. I was just going to say you can mean that because you're from the I am Salt Lake podcast. This so. is
2: true. This is
1: true. You Clearly, kind of, I like
0: it here. You you are contractually obligated to cheerlead for that's our true. city yeah. and to some extent our state, right? Indeed, because yeah, you are so. Salt
1: Lake.
2: <laughs> yes, I am all of Salt Lake.
0: All of. Them. So yeah, if uh, I, I encourage everybody, not just the Utah people, but uh, go check out the I am Salt Lake podcast and Chrissy and Chris. Which is wonderfully euphonic. Uh, <laughs> they host that one and do a great job of it. Obviously, my episode was the best one, but the other ones Clearly. are okay too. So, sure, uh, yeah, we'll go with that. yeah, I'm sure. Check them out, man. I bet they could. People could still and search you, me on the like, website, right?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. You're yeah. definitely on the website. Just awesome. go put your name in there. I was going to say if uh, if anyone's listening, uh, like this next week, uh, we're actually talking to Rebecca Frost, and her and I geek out about stuff. Oh, nice. And uh, that one, that's a good episode. If you you like a little bit of geekdom,
0: it's coming That's one of the geekier ones. Cool. So, everybody go check that out. Obviously, uh, we hope that you follow us on all the social medias, right? On the Facebooks and Twitters and Instagram and all that. But if you want to join the conversation, the best way to do that is to head to thelegendarium.reddit.com and uh, we'll have a thread there, I'm sure, whether I put it up or somebody else does. People have beaten us to it lately. I know. Uh, you can also if you like live chatting we're on discord uh, so hit me up for an invite to our discord server and if you enjoy what we do support the show at patreon.com legendarium thank you so much for listening everybody we will see you next week Okay, cool. Should we make an episode? Let's do it. Okay. I'm so not prepared. You know what? It's a weekend episode.
1: Screw prepared. Prepared. (laughs) Prepared (laughs) is for weekday episodes, man.
0: I'm not prepared either. So, you're, you know, we're all together in this.
1: Weekend episodes are for, we throw out the topic and then go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Welcome everybody to the Legendarium Podcast.